Welcome to this mother podcast number 89. Thank you very much for listening. Please remember to, um, you're going to say anything, man. Subscribe. Subscribe. On um, Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook. (laughs) Uh, Follow us on Patreon. Leave us $3. Leave us $3. Patreon.com slash this madre. I mean, we need all the money. This is is a sort of uh, in situ, on location reportage that we bring you. We have a very special episode today. Exactly. Uh, We went all the way to uh, Santa Clara. Santa Clara. California. The Biltmore hotel <laughs> where they have clogged toilets and clogged showers and uh we were bringing you some exclusive coverage from the weekend of the sonido clash fest 2019 yes. in san jose california shout out to sonido clash for another dope year another dope festival um in uh, very briefly they fuck it's a um, music festival here in san jose uh with upcoming latino latinx artists um, and it was dope. They had this is the fourth annual. Uh, we're homies with these dudes. They've had Google before. They've had Prayers, El Lado Negro. Um, so, um, who the fuck else? Uh, those well, this is who they had. Google's cousin. Co- exactly. Google's cousin. Exactly. Easy Uno. A Elvis. D- Elvis, a DJ from uh, LA who puts on a really dope show at La Cita Bar on Sunday nights. Please check out El Menaito. I at- bet many of our listeners have probably been to El Menaito. You may Perhaps have twerked. Contracted some STIs there. Maybe some STDs, STIs. You may have met your third baby mama there. Mm. Apparently, it gets very ratchet mm-hmm. it gets very sweaty what was the word you used rachetero rachetero that's right easy is a rachetero mm-hmm. our guest for this episode okay uh, i don't think he actually I, I think he might have gotten a little like like weird about when i said that he's like man why are you calling me a rachetero i know so that's why uh, i'm curious about that word like yeah. you know i think it, it sounds just, very official it's like cafetero or like <laughs> uh, i don't know like a doctor like, yeah, like licenciado a, yeah <laughs> este señor es un rachetero profesional este licenciado este en dos estados y representa a toda la gente um yeah i thought that was a funny word um but hell yeah it's basically like what just a fucking somebody who likes to turn a up sucia, a turn up uh, a, a person who facilitates twerking ah, and ratchet behavior. A dealer of the ratchet. Exactly. I see. Very so nice. yeah. So the uh, the Sonido Clash Music Fest was this weekend. Uh, it was really dope. And so a few hours beforehand, we sh- we went to Easy this DJ's house or no to his hotel room. I'm sorry, <laughs> at the Biltmore. Yep. And we just had a few beers, talked through him being a DJ in LA. Yep. The ratchet lifestyle, him being from his family being from Puebla. We went into a lot of shit, man. I thought it was actually really dope. You're about to hear it right now. There's no more explaining. It was an amazing afternoon with uh, another creative Latinx doing amazing work in La Comunidad. La Comunidad. Enjoy. Thank you very much. So yeah, we're here in Santa Clara with the homie Easy. We're talking through. He's a, um, a rachetero, a DJ down in LA. You're here for the Sonido Clash Music Festival. You're gonna be playing a set later. Um, how you feeling, man? How, how are you? 
Good, man. Thank you for describing me first as a rachetero before a DJ. Um, that comes first, right? I appreciate that, man. I'm excited, man. I got a good slot tonight. I think I'm going on right after uh, Ms. Nina, right before Nina Sky. So it should be it should be intense, man. It should be fun. You guys can what come time? out. What time? Because I just want to show up for your part. I'm not going the rest of it. As you should, man. No one should show up for any yeah. else uh, playing today. Just yeah. myself. Oh, uh, I believe 10... 30, 10, oh, 20. My I'm sorry. <laughs> hey, bro, I'll Skype it in, man. Uh, call, call me up. It's probably going to be, be on YouTube, man. Now, nowadays, you don't got to go to anything, dude. It's, it'll be, yeah, it'll I be watch, up, like, man. Coachella on YouTube. So. Same, same, same. Like, I'll be like, they're like, I'm like, dude, did you, like, you went to Coachella? I'd like, be describing it so descriptively. I'm like, no, I just watched it on YouTube. But, there you go. You know, it, <laughs> my, same thing. So, yeah, it'll be up on some kind of platform by tomorrow. So How late is it going, by the way? Uh, midnight. Oh, yeah, it's going to midnight. Uh, I think it always goes to midnight, but before it would start earlier. Um, now it's starting later. It's 4 p.m. to midnight. Before it used to be like like 12 in the afternoon to like midnight. <laughs> yeah. It was like a rave or something. It was like an all-day thing. But I think what we saw was that a lot of people wouldn't show up till later, and yeah. people are just getting there. All right, so. let's not talk shit about the, the festival, dude. All right? Are you just giving some construction? Constructive no, I'm talking shit. I'm like, straight up talking shit. <laughs> no, you know, just making sure time adds up, man. So, that makes yeah, it makes sense, yeah. though. I mean, who, yeah, it's a little weird to go expect people to kind of get down at noon and keep going all the way to midnight. Yeah. Unless they're on fucking ecstasy. They should or, give out drugs, yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. hard drugs at I the. Mean, yeah. I, re I recommend this to Sonido Clash as well. You come in, you get like a tab or there you go. some eggs. Yeah. Adderall, Adderall. Adderall, Adderall, yeah, yeah. You show up and do their homework. Yeah, never got that. I remember homies in college would do Adderall. Yeah. And I like, why don't you just do cocaine? It's like the same thing. They're <laughs> like, no, it's Adderall, man. It's, it's legal. It's, it's legal. legal. It's legal. Like, That's the big difference. Yeah, like, I would never put something up my nose, but I'm like, you're doing Adderall, bro. It's like. Don't some people snort Adderall? Yeah. Donald Trump? Yeah, you guess. Donald Trump allegedly does that. Does Adderall? Yeah. Does Adderall? Snorts it. Yeah. Snorts it. Yeah. So I've never done Adderall, but I've heard that when it kicks in, whatever activity you're doing, you get focused on that. Yeah. So I had friends who would tell me, like, they used to use it to study, but let's say they're cleaning their room and it, it fucking kicks in. Did you start? Cleaning they, they start cleaning for like two, three hours. They're like, yeah, yeah. Mr. They're, clean. Mr. Clean. Yeah. And now they're like drug addicts and stuff. But nice. All good. They had good GPA. That's what matters. <laughs> they graduated. Drug, yeah. drug addict. They had the cleanest dorm, dorm rooms in all of uh, San Jose State. So, you know. Yeah. That's dope, man. Now, so you're you're originally from, where did you grow up and shit, dude, again? Uh, Inglewood, California. Oh, yeah. shit. So right now it's probably be known for the new uh, Ram Stadium. Coming up, the the legendary Great Western Forum, where like a lot of classic rock concerts used to happen back in the day. The Clippers are also moving into Inglewood, uh, so it's a lot of lot of stuff happening. How do you feel about that? Um, well, you know, you feel that you're getting gentrified and you're getting. Yeah, I mean, uh, so it's in the process of happening right now. So there's still a lot of people uprising and trying to fight back against. Um, you know, people getting pushed out, local businesses, rent going up. So we're barely like in the first phases of it. Sure. But so I don't know what's going to happen. You know, ideally business would come in and give more money to the community and all of the community would say the same, but that never happens. Right. So, um, I mean, it's cool that we finally have something that draws people to Inglewood because before no one would go to Inglewood at all. Randy's but Donuts. Yeah. Randy's Donuts, right? Yeah. Randy's yeah. Donuts. Yeah. It's, a huge, know, it's huge on Instagram. Yeah, okay. Yeah. 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 That was, that was, yeah that's that. where I take people when I'm near. I'm like, God, we got to go take a picture by Randy's. Yeah. <laughs> buy quick, donut. quick, hurry. But don't, don't buy anything, though. Just take a picture <laughs> with a donut. I, I mean, I would. I just can't eat them. I'm, I'm gluten yeah. I'm free. No, I'm saying most people don't even buy the donuts. So they just go and take a picture. Yeah. Like, yo, let's take a picture like in the hood. And it was dip. Um, but hopefully, um, there's development and you know, people aren't displaced. And 
the community keeps the same flavor that you know you grew up with but i don't know man it's in the first process of it right now and hopefully it doesn't happen but if it does then i would hate i would hate to lose the essence of inglewood you know is inglewood up to no good oh man look at me man I mean, <laughs> he called me the ranchetero dj so of course it's up to no good man mac 10 shout out to all the rappers from inglewood ruchi you know always up to no good man so yeah um get so are, where are your parents from they're from puebla okay san Juanateco, puebla in mexico How'd they end up in Inglewood? Um, they, they, they started in Venice. That's where a lot of like uh, Mexican immigrants came first to when they moved to LA. Mm -hmm. Started all in Venice, then down to Coover City. Of course, rent would go up and they moved to the next city over, next city over. Things yeah. keep moving and somehow ended up in Inglewood. So nice. it was all Venice though at first. They, they were in Venice for a while, Coover City, then eventually Inglewood. Yeah, for an example of what can happen to a fucking community, look at Venice. That shit Man. went bananas. Yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because Venice is super expensive, but then you go like there's certain parts of there are super hood still. Like oh, yeah. Venice Boardwalk isn't like an ideal place to go hang out at. Like, yeah, yeah. have you guys been to Venice yeah. Boardwalk? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. There's like crackheads everywhere and just like mentally like challenge folks and like they're actors. actors. They're part of the vibe. Yeah, they're part they're of the vibe. Yeah. Culture. yeah. <laughs> fucking working out and shit. Yeah. yeah. But I was always tripping when I see tourists. I'm like, don't go down Venice Boardwalk, bro, because <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be an adventure, man. Like, you know, it's 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 not like. It's gonna be some wholesome activity. It's gonna be like some fools, taggers, skateboarders, fools fighting, you know, we smoke everywhere. Like, yeah. No, that's a good vacation. Hey, I'm with it, but you know, <laughs> I'm that. But they're visiting from Montana or something. Yeah, but then most of those folks don't live in Venice. Like, you can't live in Venice anymore. Like, yeah. I think recently a house got sold out there for like a million bucks in Venice. All like, time, a, yeah. yeah, so like, yeah, it's crazy. So, yeah, hopefully we're not, Inglewood isn't the new Venice, but we'll see. So do you, did you get to go to Puebla a lot when you were, you were born in the U.S.? or Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I was born in the U.S. My dad has been in the U.S. for like 40 plus years. He's never went back. Oh, wow. So it was never like, you know, a lot of kids would be like, oh, in the summer we go back to, right. to our, our Pueblo. I never went to Puebla. You have an awful father. Yo, man. I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm thinking he has like kids out there. Or something. <laughs> he has a whole other family out there that he's hiding. Oh, uh, yeah. He's like, fuck I mean, that place. Him, I guess, yeah. But yeah. yeah. He's like, I ain't going back. His excuse is always like, um, I think he's like, he's told me I have no reason to go back to that place anymore because it doesn't, it's not going to look like what I left before. Yeah. So yeah, I think in his head he wants to keep this Pueblo because every time he yeah. hears like, oh, now they got to coffee shop and now they have electricity like he was like the slum like the the, the like rancho, a pueblo yeah, rancho yeah, polo so yeah, yeah. um yeah i don't know or maybe he has another family i don't know <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a documentary and expose the truth you know what me and my older brother talked about doing a documentary about that just because yeah. 40 plus years it had to be some kind of That's skeletons of right it's crazy yeah, you, yeah i mean do your parents are your parents also mexican or from, yeah. like, and did they take you guys back a lot as kids Yeah, which is pretty no, pretty normal. normal right? Yeah, so if, you're, if, if the parents are documented, of course. Yeah, right. right it's right. much more difficult, obviously. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my parents have been in the U.S. since the early '70s, right? So that's like fucking almost 50 years. Mm. And when we were growing up <clears throat> in the '80s, yeah, we used to go twice a year, you know, mm. summer and then Christmas. And so, yeah, and most of my cousins, most of our cousins, are still out there. It's basically our moms are the two sisters who only came out. And then the rest of our family, which is like seven siblings, seven more siblings or something like that, they're all still out there. So, yeah, we still have chumps. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't hang. Lizard. Couldn't motherfucking hang. <laughs> and, and that's and that's beautiful, man, because you, you you like develop this connection to like your hometown of your parents, right? Yeah. Whereas in my my case, like like I have no connection to San Juan Puebla. Like I I rep it, and you know like. Um, 
people would say, oh, I'm from San Juan Teco Pueblo. Oh, cool. I'm from Puebla. Like, Roman, also Sonido Clash. Right. Shout out. Turbo Sonidero. He's also from Puebla, right? right. I was going to say that. Yeah. 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 But he has a connection, too, where he's, he, he goes a lot, you know? Oh, and, yeah. and he has cousins, like, they go out there and hang out sure. with. Like, I don't know who I go. I go out there and be like, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, picture, so my, picture my dad. Like, you guys know this dude? Like, <laughs> Just go and look for people that look Why like you. Yeah. <laughs> Be wanted signs with his fucking face. That's what is gonna happen. Like, easy Uno wanted, <laughs> like a fake Easy Uno. And I'm gonna see him. I'm like, this is what it's like when doves cry. Like, I want to touch his face. <laughs> so then, how, how do you think you developed like your connection to the culture? Like, obviously your parents, but like, did they like music, or how did did they influence you, or you know, where do you get that? Yeah, you know, Mexican influence. Yeah. So uh, as far as like music, um, it was always around me growing up. I remember my pops uh, had a pretty good vinyl collection, and not just—I don't think because he was like a music. He's a hipster. Yeah, yeah. He was a hipster. He was like, "Don't touch my uh, rare uh, Charles Bradley record." Fucking tight skinny jean collection. Everything. My Chicano Batman record, bro. (laughs) It's a rare one. Um, Just because at that time, you know, he grew up during like you know six, seven. Everyone, it was like CDs, you know. But he had a, a, a vast. Uh, collection of it so he obviously was more than just a fan like he, he loved it and he had a dope sound system and he'd oh, every Sunday he would work six days out of the week Sunday would be his his day of, of to chill and I remember him just like in the living room laid back and he would just put record after record just like listen to his music um, and then at parties man Sonidero music was always huge cumbias were always big I had like uh, uncles who would have huge sound systems and they'd be Sonideros and they'd be the whole see sí, see sí. Uh, yeah, but la niña que baile, you know, just the whole like the whole sonidero vibe, and I used to hate it as a kid because it was like the worst thing. I'm like, these dudes are just screaming over the music, um, just corny, you know. But well, what, what kind of music did your dad listen to exactly? So my dad listened to like Los Angeles uh, Negros, Los Solitarios, Los Babies, a lot of like romantic rock, and also like Sonora Dinamita, Santanera, yeah. um, a lot of cumbia. So like he, like, you know, he wasn't into like regional music per se, like corridos or banda or. So like that, he was strictly like lovers rock and cumbias. Yeah. He definitely has another family in Mexico. <laughs> Yo, some of some of those solitario song, yeah. he's like, he's like, oh. <laughs> you, have you guys ever heard that? I think is it Lil Don where like that little kid calls him and he's like calling his dad and he's like asking him, why'd you leave me? Like I'm, he goes, he's like, who is this? And the kid tells him like, I'm your son. And then like, dude, sorry, I think it's Leo Don or King Clave. And he starts singing this whole like, mi hijo te dejé. Hey, <laughs> my dad's into that song. He did get a little bit too emotional, man. Yeah, so yeah. That's heavy. That's heavy. Yeah, so, but it was, it was a lot of that, man. It was a lot of uh, uh, that type of rock, like Chicano Batman style, but you know what they what they copy? Yeah. yeah, what they copy, <laughs> what they copy, and a lot of cumbia, man, a lot of sonidero, a lot of um, uh, yeah, just cumbia sonidera. So to to somebody who's not familiar with the term sonidero, how would you define that? Like, what is that? Is it just like kind of what you were describing, like kind of this hype man DJ sort of shit, or how do you how would you describe the sonidero? Yeah, like heavy bass driven cumbias with um, an MC traditionally. So think about like you know like a reggae sound system when they have traditionally have a guy up there, yep. MCing through the to the song. Same thing with a, a cumbia sonidera. Um, usually have some guy on the microphone giving shout outs to people at the party. Um, so it's that like kind of um, party driven, or there, there's like a gathering of yeah, people. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not like something you could just sit back and like not- <laughs> hey, read a read a book to. It's like something you're gonna get up and dance to. Um, yeah, just heavy heavy bass man. How yeah. I read. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. That's true. I have, I have a fucking uh, 
read a book or two to some uh, to some, to some <laughs> Does pornography count? <laughs> Does, a good, Does a good erotic novel count? <laughs> if, if you're reading it, man, more power to you, brother. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's more like because uh, you know there's so many genres of cumbia, man. It's like cumbia colombiana, um, you know, cumbia de Argentina, um, Peruvian cumbia, like guitar driven, you know. So um, yeah, but Sonidero, man, heavy bass driven, MC talking over it. Definitely something that's gonna get you up and moving. Is this is this kind of like this thing kind of making a resurgence over the last whatever it is like five to ten years? Is it kind of a California thing mostly, or is it like do, are people in Texas doing this shit? Because you got like people like you, you got Roman, you got you know a, kind of a whole crew on this West Coast doing this stuff. Is it mostly a, a West Coast thing, a Cali thing, or? You know what? It's 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 a lot of Mexico thing, man. A lot of Latin America thing. It, it, I I read some article. And it was like a huge correlation between like when the internet started popping and people like in these countries started having access to computers and laptops and stuff. So a lot of kids started reworking traditional cumbia music that they heard, right? And of yeah. course, eventually it, it trickled down to Texas. Uh, Houston had a lot of it. Um, that was the first wave I remember hearing. Yeah. LA had a lot of it. The Bay had a, a huge influence. New York has a lot of cool parties of people kind of visiting music they listened to as a kid. Yeah. Remixing it, reworking it again, and kind of giving it like the new modern modern flavor. So you know, it's always trippy to hear a song that you grew up on, and it's like eight oh eight drums over it now, and you know, trap trap beats, and like, but it still works. You know, like you still you still has like kind of a connection to you, and you're still like, oh, I remember that song, but it sounds you know way more modern. It's a mix. It's, it's a, a mix. mix of what you like and what you love. Yeah. How did you get into it yourself? Like, how long ago was that, and how did that start? Was that just you kind of fucking fucking around in your on your laptop at home or what, what was it? Yeah, you know you know what's crazy uh, that you asked that it recently uh, who passed away? So You're bringing up a lot of... Yeah, yeah, you know a lot of... I know, right? Recently, uh, uh, rest in peace, Enzo Pina, uh, who yeah. passed away. So I was always into cumbias um, just as um, something that I would hear at the house, right? So, you know, if, you know, I wasn't like a fanatic of it, but I was, I always, it was something that held, held a special place in my heart. But do you remember when like Cumbia Sobre de Rio came out it was like a 2000, I don't want to uh, slaughter the, the exact release date on it, but I remember like 2006, seven when I were hearing it. And it used to get played like at clubs. I remember hearing it get played at parties. And it was like all this thing of like people saying like connecting back to their, their roots of going like, oh damn, like yeah. this is like a modern cumbia song. So I remember hearing it when I was like 18, 19 and be like, oh damn, people can make like cumbias and it's still cool. You know, yeah. it doesn't have to sound like yeah. So, so no, a lot of it is, is kind of like the same way that like rap artists take like old R and B tracks or old soul tracks, and then you know sample them. Obviously, like Kanye is a big person who does this. A lot of people do this, yep. but uh, everybody, every rap artist does this. And you hear that hook, or you hear that one little, right. you know, clip that's just like, oh shit! And yeah. that's all you need. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember like friends would be like, oh, you like you know. Um, maybe their parents grew up on soul music so they would have these references to a lot of like old school soul and I'm like man that's cool but I didn't I didn't grow up on, like on soul music as much yeah. I don't recognize yeah. it and I didn't have for a lot of years I didn't have people reworking it and sampling it and making it to like a new complete song yeah. so now when kids like of our generation who now have access to like Ableton and you know all these like um, programs where you can just get a laptop get access to the internet and you're, you're good to go man like yeah. and it really started revolutionary like revolutionizing music man like you know we're, we're kids like of our generation of our background Latinos who grew up having this sound and they're like you know what we could do that too we can we can work a, a sonido like a 
you know, cumbia sonidero song and make it our own. So yeah, it's it's definitely that comparison is like. Pfft. So when was the first time you started kind of doing that yourself? So I heard Celso Pina. I started going, oh man, like you know, there's like people are actually vibing to this stuff, and I started digging deeper into it. Um, there was like ZZK Records was out at that time. I remember um, I was really like I started following Turbo Sonidero like on SoundCloud. Um, Oro Onsa had a party in San Francisco, so I'd, like around that time I started digging. I started doing kind of remixes, but mostly just kind of downloaded a bunch of cumbia songs and started matching them up with like rap songs and trying to add my own flavor to it. When I was like, oh, you know what? You can actually mix match these genres. It doesn't have to be just like a cumbia song. Having mm-hmm. another cumbia song, you know, it could be like a cumbia song, rap song, rap beats over yep. rap songs. So like, oh, 2006, 2007, I started really diving into like specifically that genre nice yeah nice and when did you actually start like playing for a crowd and like showing sharing your work because there's there's a lot of people who just fuck around with this shit at home right oh, yeah and they're too afraid or they're just like us oh, yeah. but like my private thing oh, for sure. when you actually make it public it's kind of a, a big step what Man, was that like when I was s- that what was that like yeah i sat with i sat with me djing and doing that for like three years bro of being in my bedroom and if i would get drunk i would like have my friends come over and like i, I show them what i'm doing I'd have the balls to like actually go out and showcase what I was working on. It's probably like four years later. So it was like three solid years, four years of just me in my bedroom, yeah. practicing, practicing, practicing. And then eventually I, I met some like-minded folks out in LA. We started throwing this party called Bombilla. And it was just, um, it was like Latino music meets ratchet music. We never wanted to forget the rap because rap music is also super important to me. But we also wanted to keep the connection to our Latino um, background. So... Yeah, that's when like four years into it, I started going out, playing it out, nice. and seeing the reaction of folks, and it was it was pretty good from the from the jump. Nice. Do you have any uh, sense of what people in Mexico think of cumbia? Because I feel like like uh, it's seen as like a working class kind of kind of poor people. Like it's almost looked down upon in Mexico. Yeah. Um, from the little that I know, like, but it's just that it's funny that it's having like a resurgence here in um, here in America or here in the West Coast, and there's people. That are combining the two with rap and shit, obviously, because rap is such a big, um, such a big, you know, thing here in, mm-hmm. in America and shit. But it's like it's funny to think that in in Mexico, it's like cumbia is kind of maybe looked down on, or it's I don't know, like you know. Yeah, so it's it's definitely um, depends on the region. I mean, uh, I don't I don't play I don't have too many shows in Mexico at the point, but friends that I do know and, and artists that I've met who live in Mexico, it depends where you're playing at. Uh, a place like Monterrey is fucking cumbia driven, man. Like they're out, they're like innovators of the whole genre right out there. You go to like DF and they want to hear dance music, you know. Uh, you want to go to like Guadalajara, they want to hear like a lot of banda and shit. It's definitely regional. San Luis Potosí is like huge. Puebla is still huge on cumbia, you know. So it's, def- it's like America, you know. Some places you'll go and they're more trap heaven or like driven yeah. or like whatever genre. But there's there's certain places in Mexico that cumbia still rules and it's still number one. There's places that. Other places that yeah, it's kind of looked down upon, or they don't really mess with, or they're not playing it as much as other regions in Mexico. That's what's up. So you you have a um, a weekly uh, show down in LA, or a weekly um, spot. Uh, what, can you talk about that? How that came about, or how you you and your friends get down? Yeah, yeah of course. ratchet parties. <laughs> the ratchet. I've by. seen the videos, man. I see a lot of twerking, a lot of sweating, lots yeah. of. It, it gets wild, man. Uh, we're having one tonight too. I'm I'm here, but I have homies taking care of the business. Out in LA, as uh, as we speak, there's probably like getting ready for it. So um, yeah, so it's actually every first, second, and last Sunday of the month at La Cita. 
Menaito party. And it was kind of the same energy. You wanted to combine um, Latino music, but just make it, it really showcase the ratchetness of it. You know, it, like, it's fun to like go in and, and hear like rare records or have someone do like a beat set. But it's, I, I would go to some of these parties, like a lot of fools and just standing around. And I'm like, man, I want to bring the essence of what I grew up on, which is going to house parties. Fools freaking girls, girls wilding out, dudes freaking dudes, whatever it is, man. Like, you know, whatever the vibe is, it's like open space to just be ratchet. And ratchet doesn't always mean like getting dirty on a dance floor, man. Ratchet could just mean like being out there and supporting. For like, the record. For the record, you know, like ratchet is just being like. Get, you can get dirty and be respectful. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can follow the law. Follow we the love law. cops in our city. You can ask someone. Blue, light, blue lights matter, man. Dude, I mean, gone are the I days of, you know, gone are the days of, you know, just walking right up to a girl and grinding her. You'd be like, excuse me, young lady, may yeah. I no. become ratchet with you? Hey, yo, a lot, a lot, yo, our party's a lot of girls walking up to dudes and, and freaking them. You know, it's just yeah. being, like, comfortable with who you are as a person. I think ratchetness means embracing yourself in whatever place you're at in your life you know whether it's yeah. you know you want to be that dude in a corner just vibing that's cool you want to be that girl out there just you know having a good time by yourself that's cool you just want to dance with a bunch of people that's fine too but just kind of embracing embracing that side of you that's dope you, uh, last time we were talking uh we you were talking about can you talk a little bit about la cita and like the bar and where it is in la and kind of this place that, for other reasons too like is it just kind of like are, who are the owners what, what's the they're just like dope as fuck or yeah, just, so what part of LA and the yeah yeah it's like it's like right in the heart of, of LA of downtown LA on hill damn we're fucking like six third I'm like <laughs> go there every week I mean the cross streets of it and it's probably one of the last standing tradition like paisa bars in uh, in downtown LA you go during the like before eight o'clock you'll see like Local people like paisas who work like construction or something go there, have a tecate, watching the soccer game. Nice. Lights are dim, dark. Um, so, our party before it even starts, they have a, a day party from two o'clock, I think, to about nine, right before we start. And they have a banda and they'll have mesa set up all over the dance floor. And it's like fucking 45 and above. All Latino folks who probably work during the week and this is their one day they come out to party and they're like dancing to live cumbia music. Nice. Romantica stuff. Um, I know now the owner's son is in charge of it. Um, shout out Carl from La Cita. And he's kind of taken on this whole um, staying true to the tradition of what La Cita is. You know, it's still, you still have like $5 tecates and, you know, it's still no like, no dress code enforcement like that. But at night, he does have like really progressive music. Still Latino based, but it's still very open to what, what it means to be Latino now, which could be rap nights, it could be a rachetel night. It could be like a, they have like a cumbia night that's strictly cumbia, so they have like a punk reggae night. So, nice. yeah, but but it's still, it's probably the last bar in downtown LA that's still standing from, I don't know exactly when it opened, but it's still tradition. Like you go during the week before eight o'clock, there's still some nice. some dudes who are working all day and just want to have a beer. Um, do you remember Lido's? It was like, you are Lido's in San Jose? Downtown San Jose had that vibe as well, kind of like, it was it was like, it's like a Lido's, but yeah, out, in, out in downtown. That's fucking dope. Um, can, can I get you to just scoot right here next to Jesus? Just so I can... Yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah. That's fucking dope. So you, you have those those nights every, like, three times a month, you're saying? For yeah, a, yeah, three times a month. Um, yeah. 
So you said a second ago that your homies are taking care of the business. Are you guys like kind of like an organized collective? Are you like a business or what is that like? Yeah. Organized crime organized type of shit. Organized crime, yeah. We are sell, you, uh, we com- sell are dope. Are you communists or are you capitalists? We sell zapatistas. Y'all wear like the balaclavas. <laughs> yeah, we're like we're socialists, man. We sell, we sell dope underground. Uh, under, uh, yeah, so um, the the party uh, is uh, me, DJ Rusty. Shout out Rusty who's also out here. He's actually in the same uh, hotel. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it started with his party. I got added a couple months after it, and it's been growing so fast that we've been growing also as like kind of like a business. You know, yeah. uh, the, the more successful we get, the more we add. We need manpower yeah. on. So, yeah. um, like things like this, where we could come out and play a festival, but we also have that party. We have other people. Shout out Ultra Cat DJ Hudlum for holding down the party over there. Two dudes who who jumped on and been helping out a lot, and we trust them enough to leave them out there, which. I hope they don't fuck it up tonight. <laughs> Got a reputation yeah, to uphold, motherfuckers. I think one of them's in Vegas right now. And I think the other dude hasn't hit me, like hasn't replied to my text. But uh, they'll be there tonight, and they're they're ratchet but responsible. You know, they're, they're the other version of ratchetness. But um, yeah, so it's growing, and it's at this point, it's becoming a collective. But before it was just a partnership with me and Rusty. Yeah. I think now it's becoming more like a collective, and it's also becoming like a community. You know, there's like people who come there like every week. Every single week they'll be there. And we throw other events, they'll be there as well. So yeah, it's growing and it's becoming that's what we want it to be eventually, like a like a Sonido Clash. We want it to be like a a, a but doper, just doper. Doper, more ratchet, <laughs> more drug, uh influenced, um way less, more ratchet. Less STIs. Less less turbo sonidero, more uh, more easy uno. <laughs> less mixtape, more DJ Rusty's, you know. So uh, we're basically ripping off Sonido Clashes like uh and making it better blueprint and making it way better. Yeah. Nah, just kidding. Shout I- out to Sonido Class, yeah, Apple did that to IBM. There it's it is. Totally, you know, We're Apple. Yeah. They're IBM. <laughs> <laughs> They're cricket. They're cricket. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck them dudes. <laughs> no, but what nah, kind nah, of shout out to the class, man? Before, <laughs> before they get hurt. before they get mad, and they fucking uh, they won't let me play tonight and shit. Love those dudes, man. Uh, what kind of people go to the shows? You think uh, obviously people from LA, but like what what is kind of like the makeup of the people that usually go? Like yeah. people that are kind of. Yeah, so the thing is with L.A., man, um, some parties will be, like, industry-driven, you know? So you'll go to a party, and it's like, oh, that's that famous DJ, and it's that famous producer, and no one's dancing. But it's packed, right? And there was a bunch of dudes just like... They're Steve Aoki. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hype beasts. Hype beasts everywhere, man. And it, it's a cool event, but it's not real. Our party's not that. Our party's um, the dude who's working at, like, the Line Hotel and just got off of work. It's the, the chicks who have, like... Monday off for some reason, you know, and they're driving down from like two cities over. It's like real folks who really want to get ratchet as hell on a Sunday. And it's a Sunday and it's in like, for a long time, I'm like, is this going to work? It's a fucking Sunday. Like people, don't you guys work on Monday? <laughs> but for, somehow we found folks, real working folks, real people from LA or wherever they're from who are in town and just want to have a good time and aren't industry driven. They don't care that, you know, they don't care who's DJing that now. They just want to come and be exposed to, mm-hmm. to, to new music. So real, a real party for real folks, man. Like you'll come out there, and I think that's why you see a lot of people getting ratchet in the videos and not giving a fuck because it's like, <laughs> you know, a lot of times if you're like in the industry, you don't want to be on camera doing yeah. something you shouldn't be doing. Nah, man. When you come out to our parties, people are doing all kinds of stuff, man. Sometimes when I edit the videos, I'm like, I can't put that in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm all like, you think I can get there by? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you leave right now, uh, you'll, probably, you'll probably be there before the dudes are supposed to be there. 
<laughs> I said, mean, take my laptop, bro. Set up and play, bro. You're, you're, you're good Just to set up the playlist. I, yeah. I play and drink beer right in front of that there screen. It is, all man. night. Let's get this dude saucing though tonight. We're gonna fucking uh, buy him from an airline. Yeah, yeah, buy him a ticket, man. You know what? I'm a, I'll roll with you, dude. Fuck, fuck, to your <laughs> <laughs> festival. <laughs> Yeah, I'll no, run no, a $300 tab and shit. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this party isn't that ratchet. <laughs> so, so what's what do you what do you think is next for you guys, or what are you working on next? Like, kind of what where do you see your stuff growing, and then also the collective stuff for you guys? Yeah, yeah. So, um, as right now, it's been growing so fast that one want to keep it consistent, want to make it like an institution yep. in LA. Yeah, um, parties, man. They, they come and go so yeah. as, as popping as we are right now in a couple of months a mother party could, could, could you know come in and take over so one being consistent uh, still booking really good quality artists staying true to what we're trying to be become an institution in LA where we can throw other events and people recognize the the brand you know like Menaito okay we're gonna go to that party that uh, screening whatever that you know opening they're doing um, and eventually down the line music festival you know, that's something that um, Rusty told me the other day. You know, he goes, man, you know, start getting, start thinking about that in the future of something yeah. we could do. And we definitely, you know, I make fun of Sunil Clash. Um, but no, like definitely what they're doing is something we're aiming towards. You know, yeah. they're, they're 10 years, in, like 10 years as a party is like some, you know, a lot of people may think like, oh, it's easy to throw a party weekly or monthly or whatever. But to be relevant for 10 years is so hard, especially yeah. in, in this type of business where people come and go and yeah. music changes and um, people grow old and yeah. stop coming to your party so you yeah. gotta bring in a new generation of kids so yeah. so yeah. Nido Clash that they've been doing this shit for 10 years they have a music festival and they're all Latino dudes who are just passionate about music that's what we're striving for so we're like two years in eventually become an institution become a staple in LA uh, where artists come in and like we've gotta, we have to play that party and eventually hopefully some kind of festival some kind of um, gathering of you know you went, like you went to school up here right yeah what did you major in or what was your yeah what did you you were at San Jose State Is yeah yeah um, I got a <laughs> I got a, like, sorry, I don't even sorry, use sorry to put you on the spot <laughs> I'm like, yeah, more like a, I got a BA in communication studies that's so, good yeah, exactly yeah, what yeah, you're yeah, doing yeah. no but it's funny because I came to San Jose State thinking like oh fucking uh, I'm, I'm gonna be like on radio or I'm gonna do like and I'm like, I get here, I'm like, I don't even fucking need the school. Like, I can just start a podcast. I can start a YouTube channel. Yeah. But it, but it, what it was, when I got here, I met Turbo, Fernando, Tommy, Mextape. And that was more of like, yeah. that was more schooling than fucking school was, man. Yeah. Those dudes taught me how to like throw a party, how to be DIY, how to book artists, how to do yeah. contracts, how to like. So I, I always say I came to San Jose to get like a, a BA in communications, but I really came out with a BA in like. Fucking so neither class university of how to throw parties and shit. Cause yeah. I don't know, you should have gone to Trump. You. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I applied. I, I know those guys. I, uh, I know the Sunil Clash guys. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Trump saw what Easy looked like. He's like, nah. Uh, I actually applied to that university. I didn't get in, man. Something about my skin color that they didn't like. <laughs> I wasn't ratchet enough for that school. <laughs> no, I mean, I think like Sammy and I talk about this a lot, and like with what we do with this modern and stuff, and you know, we've obviously like been tight and like we know what Sony the class has been doing for the last like four or five years but I mean eventually what happens is like the business side becomes really important because all of these things take so much time to do the right way and you eventually really do have to start looking at the dollars and cents side of stuff you know it's mm -hmm. like yo this can't be a volunteer thing forever because like you said people grow up they have families they do this and that and like you know if you don't if you're not getting paid for your time you really can't 
put that time in eventually. Yeah. You got to pay rent. You got to fucking, you know, pay your shit or whatever. So, you know, that just, that was kind of why I was curious about your background in terms of like what you studied and stuff. But like it, you know, eventually like when you start thinking about it from a bigger picture standpoint, that way you really have to start thinking about organizing the business in a way that is going to be sustainable mm-hmm. and, you know, profitable and like a way that you're looking at those like corporate sponsors or whatever the fuck. Cause yeah. like these community events are dope. They're great, but it's really hard to keep doing these things over and over like for free. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. Yeah. No, no, for sure. I mean, that it's, it's, it's funny because, like, that first year, you always have that rush or whatever passion job you, you get into, mm-hmm. and you start getting a little bit of success, and you start saying, oh, shit, man, people know who I am, and the clicks are there, you know? But then you're like, I'm seeing no monetary yeah. comeback from it. Yeah. You're like, I'm still fucking... And the second year comes, and you're like, oh, shit. Like, and then you start figuring out exactly, like, um, your passion becomes almost like a job, mm-hmm. and it's what well, you didn't want to do it uh, initially, but then you're like, you know what? If, if eventually you're gonna have to treat it like that you know yeah. like I read somewhere like if you wanna work for yourself instead of working 8 hours a day you're gonna end up working like double that yeah. you know 16 hours a day and you know I think that's a great point man and I remember when, when you came into to San Jose and we always try to find like minded folks you know who are also super passionate about what they're doing super about the culture and, and moving it forward and I remember um Sammy came out first, right? Were you already out here? Probably. No, I've been here. Oh, yeah. you've been here? Yeah. Okay, but yeah, I think that our introduction was first with uh, Sammy. He was with, like yeah, the Juan yeah, Yerba yeah. stuff. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And same yeah. thing. I remember just seeing your guys' videos. Yeah. And I'm like, man, these dudes are like... You can just see when someone has the same passion and same drive. And they're like moving the same in the same way. You but fucking drunk, dude? I'm wasted, man. I've been... <laughs> man, I've been up since yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, man. I'm good. <laughs> I'm fucking around. Yeah. Time to do some lines. One, two, one. You guys are drunk. <laughs> um, but yeah, but yeah, man. Eventually, you guys, you do have to like look at that that business model and see yeah. how you have to like cater your your I mean, your, your party. The, to do- your, the dope thing about what you guys are doing is that you have a real interface with real people, and I mean, most artists. Now, musical artists have pretty much gone in that direction where events is where they make a ton of their money, right? Because mm-hmm. CD sales or digital sales or whatever, the, selling the music is a very small portion of their income at this yep. point. Charging a ticket for an experience is dope. Like People yeah. will still pay for that. So that's a dope advantage that you guys have. And for us, we've always been like, damn, like we need to jump that divide in some way because mm-hmm. we're just all digital. We just do shit online, right? Yeah. But there's not much of a physical like a touch point with, with our... like followers or whatever but yeah i mean you got to build the tribe yeah that's the first part and it sounds like you guys are doing it and then it's just like okay how do we how do we take it up a notch yeah like we've talked about like yeah build the tribe make the content um quality and then like like we started doing t-shirts now you know we're selling t-shirts because it's like we have all these people at this party sell 10 t-shirts at like you know 15 bucks 20 bucks that's some money that you wouldn't see otherwise and like um that's eventually what a lot of people do. Like you see, like these YouTube stars or YouTube people, like they get like a huge following. They sell like a dumb T-shirt just with their brand on it. They're making huge. But you know like, who's, who's who? I'm I'm sure you follow him, but I would say the best example of somebody who's been through all of this stuff and is doing really well now is Chingo. Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> My cousin Chingo. That fool that fool's out of jail. <laughs> Shout out Chingo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Selling weed, selling so weed. Yeah, doing fool. a good job selling that. Damn, we selling shirts now. You're like, like hey, savage ass fool. Now. <laughs> no, yeah. Shout out Chingo Bling, man. Yeah. He's like an entrepreneur of like yeah. 
he's ahead of his time for yeah. a, at least for Latinos yeah. uh, of doing that, man. Like and straight to audience every all you know the whole way. Like you know he's had a big record deal for a while or whatever, but he's always been able to. I think leverage his tribe in a way that makes sense for him at the time for what he's doing. You know, like when we first met Chingo, he was just doing like, you know, digital stuff, goofing around, making these YouTube and Facebook videos and parodies and whatnot. Obviously, he'd been a rapper before then, um, and but but he would do these parodies, and then with the parodies, he would sell T-shirts, mm-hmm. and he had to set up a whole T-shirt print operation in his home base in Houston or whatever. And that I think sustained him for a few years, but then he realized like, okay, like these are the margins on that. This is how this, I guess actually a lot of work shipping a physical product, you know. And if you have it, if you have a crowd there, great, yeah, sell it or whatever. But I think eventually he, I mean, it was also an artistic decision to start doing stand up. Yeah. But also th- thinking like, shit, if I just go do stand up and I could get five hundred people there and I charge fucking thirty bucks a person, right. I don't have to even print shit. Like I just show up and <laughs> be a fool, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then he does like the meet and greets and all that, and that's like extra twenty five dollars. Yeah. Take a picture with Jingo and sort of shit. So. I bought that fool's thirty dollar uh, hat. Remember the the pyramid one, like the oh yeah 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 yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, for a few years, I think when we were working with, he was doing all the Cancun live stuff, right? Like mm-hmm. probably like from. That's been like 2014 to about 2016 or 17. He was doing a lot of that. But he's not doing a lot of that anymore because he realizes like, okay, for the time and energy, I can do these shows. So he's just worked on his craft, you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, you got to like figure out like, I think like study like people like him and other people who um, have kind of made that jump who are doing it full time. But yeah, it's risky and it's a lot of work. I remember um, he one time played this festival in LA called Pay Dues. It's like this underground rap festival. <laughs> And for some reason, they had Chingo Bling on there. He was big enough at that time, had a buzz. And uh, they said that he got booed off stage. Because it was like this really hardcore rap mm. festival, right? They wanted lyrics. And what, yeah. for whatever reason, Chingo Bling got, got booked. booked. Yeah. And the, the organizer said he remembers that he gets booed off, right? But then he goes and has his merch table. And that shit is like fucking packed more than like the headliner. <laughs> so it was like, I yeah. once said there's like these people who don't understand him. But there's also like this tribe of people who are like fucking religiously following him. And he's probably making more money off that shit than like the the, the main dude. They always say you only need to like monetize off of like, you know, a very small percentage of your tribe. You know, like if you, you know, let's say like 5% of your tribe or whatever. And that should be enough or something like that, right? Like you have to convert that. Um, But yeah, he's, yeah, when I first started going to, well, when I went to his first comedy shows, the merch was huge. Yeah. And it was a big deal, but it, you know, it's a lot of work hauling this stuff around, but it's also been very, like, DIY, like you said, like the Sunday Clash guys. Yeah. He just bought the presses. Yeah. Fuck it. Yeah, his hustle's impeccable, man. I always also take away from Chingo like uh, it seems like a lot, a lot of the money he makes he reinvests in himself into his business yeah and it's like sure. that's always I've heard like a good percentage of what you make you also gotta reinvest in your in your own brand so whether it's like, like stand up I think he recorded that shit himself right or like help put it I know it was on Netflix but he probably sold it to Netflix right um, or, it, it was a little different than that but he actually did another one where he did it himself okay, yeah. and like yeah yeah he's done a lot of those things he's bankrolled a lot of his yeah. work and yeah, I mean it's it's a little riskier, but the reward is much bigger, and you get full control. Yeah, that's the big thing. Is the control is important. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. You're not a, you're not a cholo. You don't have the control. You don't have anything. <laughs> you end up at uh, doing cholo tries. Cholo, uh, yeah, fucking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Like at our party, sometimes we'll have like really awesome nights when we come out with a lot of money, 
And I sometimes we feel like, you know what, fuck it, let's just go get some tacos and some <laughs> and titty, titty joints still open. Um, but we go, you know what, let's put this to the side and let's get like a huge artist or let's invest in some t-shirts or, yeah. you know, swag to give out next time. Yeah. I know you guys have like this mother shirts and like mugs, yeah, right? And like, we've had it for a while, but it, I mean, that's where the lesson I've learned is like that conversion rate is really important. And the margin on t-shirts especially for selling online is pretty difficult because mm. you have to do shipping then you have to have somebody who's doing all that shipping and like yeah. it's just a lot of work you know if you have a physical event where you already have a crew of people those people are way more motivated to buy something than somebody right. online so they're there they're hyped up on the fucking party or the stand-up or whatever yeah. they're walking out oh, baby fucking check you know on a date somebody yeah. trying to impress somebody buys a shirt whatever like the situation is primed to get more money, so and just the, like yeah. just even the name, like I, if you're a podcast fan of it, of you guys on YouTube, that's cool. But just the name that's modded is dope, man. Like I would buy a T-shirt, just walking out of some place. Like I'm off. Buy one then, like, dude. We got one right here. Hey, <laughs> fool, buy one of my shirts. I got one right here too. I will trade. We'll trade. We'll trade. Trade. I only got. I only got smalls. Though. I only got smalls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here's the first rule: if your uh, if your customer is a Latino, don't print small. <laughs> Those are gonna sit in your fucking warehouse forever. Believe us. <laughs> Second tip: if you're Latino, print small for the white dudes who will pay way more money for an Ashkin. <laughs> Mediums barely yeah. sell. Yeah, just, no, yeah, print like double double XL. Yeah, like, yeah three XL, three XL. XL yeah. yeah, just oh, you almost just started L. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Pinchen <laughs> Shout out to my people in Latino community going through the diabetes. Man. <laughs> diabetes epidemic of 2019. Uh, Should we open some chips now or what? Like, <laughs> <laughs> drinking beer and fucking eating. Yeah, we got Lay's and Lanchinitos yeah, right here. Beer in. We Decolonize your diet, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, maybe a funny segue uh, to take it back to what we were talking about in terms of um, you know, um, of of getting sponsorship, and yeah. I feel like right now in the you keep saying Latino dude, but I kept wanting to say it's Latin X, bro. Damn. No, at this point, no, I, wait, it, the, I believe at this point it's X Latin X, another X. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I'm saying like I think there is a, uh, a I think a big push f of like sort of like woke, socially conscious like Latin X people or whatever, mm -hmm. and. There, uh, I mean, I've seen shit where basically people get called out for you know mm -hmm. being part of a, a a festival that's sponsored by Corona or by some right, some right. some brand that's like you know like capitalist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. yeah. It's it's weird, man. It's like this whole concept of selling out, and these kids who like will get upset because a certain festival is getting thrown by a certain brand, and I get it. You know, I understand the 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 anger where it comes from. But it's like, dude, are you looking at your own lifestyle? There's a lot of shit. If you really gonna go that extreme, man, there's a lot of shit. You're like, you're wearing Nikes, my G. Or you're like, you know, you're wearing like Levi's. Like, really look deep into what you're saying before you criticize the people of color who are getting a fat paycheck. And yeah, it might be coming from some dirty money, but everything's coming from some dirty shit, man. And I'd rather that should go to like some cool fucking folks, some Latinx folks, um, preferably, um, you know, who, who are doing something cool. Um, yeah, it, it's it's a tricky situation, man. I, I feel you on that. Um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of woke people who are only woke to certain for the gram for yeah yeah for the gram or to their own yeah. benefit, you know. And it's yeah. like, yeah, man, you criticize all any kind of shit now, man, you know. Would like you take money from Jewel. <laughs> <laughs> the checks right enough, yes. <laughs> like if they provide samples, yes. <laughs> hey, bro, Jewel's uh, cutting down on cigarette uh, tobacco smoke. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> 
Naito is open to any sponsorship. <laughs> That's what we say. Uh, we're like, I'm gonna throw that shit out there, bro. Like we're open to all kinds of sponsorship, man. Get some money in these young Latino uh, kids' fucking pockets, bro. Yeah. But yeah, it's a tight li- a tight light to walk. I man. Feel especially in LA, there's a big sort of scene of well, well, we had recently, or not recently, a while back, we had like a DJ, a female, a female DJ who was like, "Why don't you guys book more women DJs?" And I was like, "You're right." Look at our lineup. We just we we have booked a shitload of women DJs, and I'm like, a lot of times people are just coming out of like sense of entitlement, like what they see initially, but they don't research yeah. the whole thing. I'm like, I get where your anxious coming from because like the last month was a bunch of men. I'm like, look at our whole trajectory. There was like a lot of women have DJ this party, um, but they're like right away. They, a lot of people want to react yeah. right away instead of thinking, you know, taking in the info and and, and then you know. Everyone's everyone's like a cracking yeah. blog or Instagram post of like fuck this party because yeah, yeah, yeah. you know fuck this madre because it's only two Whoa. dudes and shit. Whoa, <laughs> whoa. <laughs> Hashtag fuck this madre. <laughs> Woke. <laughs> Hashtag canceled. <laughs> canceled. Yeah, you, you. We all gotta be careful though, man. <laughs> For sure. That's like. what I said you gotta ask. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's all about consent. I'll be like, yo, you guys already get ratchet. I'm asking this directly. Yes, 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 yes. We got consent forms. We got consent forms circulating the dance floor right now. All right, everyone signed it. All right, fuck it. <laughs> get ratchet as fuck, y'all. Yo, that's, yeah, yeah. yeah that's you know good, what? That's, that's funny because now I think about it, I'm like, fuck, dude. I'm afraid some fools gonna be like, yo, I got two ratchet men. I ate those a video out of me now. Fuck these fools. I didn't give them consent. Because <laughs> you're technically not supposed to like record at parties and shit and post it up. You're supposed to put a sign. You're supposed on to the put door. a sign up front that yeah. says you're gonna be recorded tonight, yeah. which we don't do. Yeah. So fuck. <laughs> we'll take this part yeah, out, Sammy. <laughs> edit, edit this part out if I get a bunch of lawsuits. <laughs> then I'm gonna have to take that jewel sponsorship. <laughs> take jewels. Take uh, fucking some of that hard seltzer water. We'll do some Ravenclaw sponsorship. Uh, what else? Some sort of lube. Oh yeah, white gloss for sure. Lube, yeah, white all gloss. that. Yeah, man. Uh, man, it does gonna look very different after this podcast, man. You guys schooled me on so much how to monetize my parties and be like yeah. fucking a YouTube video with all that. Stop, stop, Your party's gonna look like a liquor store, basically. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean to happen, but I do. I record some of the footage for the night, though. I do ask girls. That's nice. So it's not, it's not that like you know because if a guy is seen with a camera, and it's hella say, creepy. But yeah. yeah, it's like yeah, it's creepy. No one wants to be recorded. Whereas if yeah. I'm there and I'm like, hey, I'm like, oh my god, can I record you real quick? You guys are dancing, awesome. They'll be like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, follow us. Here's the guys, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm looking out for them. Yeah, because I don't want none of that to do back to, to do it the right way. Yeah. You should get them to say yes on camera. So ask yeah. them if they oh, say yeah. yes. Oh yeah, I'll have the, the camera. Yeah, ready. we ain't doing all that shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, wait, no, I don't have the camera. I ain't doing it. All right, cool. And that's the right way to do it. I ain't doing it. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump in, but I'm like, send the disclaimer. The legal manager just stepped in here. Clarify. My girlfriend's in the back, like, nah, you got to tell That's your attorney. That's your attorney. He's drunk. He's my legal attorney. Nah, we don't be doing all that shit, man. We're fucking ratchet party, homie. We're going to keep it that way until we get sued or until further notice that'll get you clout if you yeah, get sued yeah, you, right that's true you know what I should be like are you woke and they're like what the fuck does that mean I'm like get your ass in the party and they're also like yeah homie we're like, fucking a way woke I'm like fucking go down the street to fucking NPR fucking there's like a, seven, a 60 soul music party go to that shit man nah but 
damn, dude, you got me thinking. Uh, I think I'm gonna do a conscious fucking set tonight. A lot of Talib Kweli, a lot of a tribe called Quest. Immortal run, technique. Immortal technique. Uh, fucking run the jewels. You know. Is that hoodie vegan? <laughs> 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 Aren't you hot, man? Yeah, it's kind of fucking name. Nah, dude, it's fucking cold here. You're not cold. I'll tell you, man. I've been up for two days. <laughs> Shit, man. We We're just coming straight from that party from Oakland last night, man. We got here like fucking a couple hours ago. So, yeah, man. Shout out to all my woke people, though. <laughs> I think this has been dope, man. I, I don't. Do you have anything? How, how can people find your stuff on Instagram, or where do they, you know, sign up for party fucking uh, invites? Or I don't know what the fuck you guys do, but Instagram. <laughs> yeah, fucking. You guys got uh, an email list? Or? Uh, <laughs> actually, got a MySpace still going, circling. Uh, got a Yahoo account. You guys can hit up Pinterest account. Yeah, Pinterest. TikTok, yeah, TikTok. Where you do crazy videos promoting. What's <laughs> uh, with TikTok, man? Um, TikTok's like the new fucking what's other the Vine, Vine right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Vine, yeah I gotta yeah. get on that shit. Now um, on Instagram at uh, Easy Uno E A Z Y U N O. Fucking the Menaito party Instagram's like El Menaito <laughs> underscore party. Just look up look up Easy Uno, man. You'll fucking find the El Menaito. But if you're in LA and you want to fucking get down. Every first fight. <laughs> if you're in LA, just do the fucking cholo fucking cockoo, and I fucking uh, I'll find you somewhere, dude. Whoa. Just go to Inglewood, and I'll meet you in front of Randy's Donuts. <laughs> fucking, we'll, we'll catch a fade, and then we'll go party. Uh, look up Easy Uno on Instagram. Sonido Clash. Um, be some, I'll be tagged on something, man. Just Instagram me, man. It'll be linked to everything. Yeah. Hell yeah. Well, fucking good luck tonight. Um, we will. We're gonna have to schedule our next LA road trip so that we're there for a Sunday night. And um, yeah, you know, man, yeah. I, I was telling Sammy we also have, we always have these these amazing guests that come through that have like no content on like YouTube or mm. you know they're like these reggaeton people from Mexico nice. or or Chile and like. I no, always, we don't like the Chileans. Oh yeah, the, uh, Chileans. Well, we'll just do Mexicans for now then. Uh, Mexican <laughs> artists. And, uh, <laughs> I will keep it at that then. And, uh, yeah, man, you guys should come out. It's only five bucks to get in. I'll, I'll only charge you guys two, two, two ahead. Uh, nice. Five bucks We're for related. Two, five We're bucks related. for both of y'all. And um, you guys can record all you want. There's no rules, apparently. <laughs> it's illegal fucking. And there is like TJ, man. Do the fuck y'all want at midnight, though, man. Shout out Rusty. Uh, other Menaito member who's in the hotel room, but I don't know where he's at, man. But shout out everyone, Des Madre. You guys are awesome, man. Been listening to you guys for a long time, and uh, you guys Yo, are man. you guys are dope, man. Thanks for making the time. Appreciate it. Good yeah. luck tonight. Yeah. yeah, dope. Thank y'all, man. Thank you, Easy, for uh, kicking it with us here and then us coming to your hotel room. Oh yeah, my hotel room is your hotel room, bro. Anytime. Yeah. yeah. Is it okay if I sleep there tonight? I have it far away. It's a crash pad at this point. I ain't, I ain't leaving until I get kicked. I already fucking broke the shower head, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, man. I'm going to cut it here. Shout out Mr. Easy Uno, the big homie, um, for that interview. That was really dope. Uh, shout out to him, El Menaito. If you're in LA, like I said, like we were saying, please fucking go check that out. That looks really dope. Uh, for the end of this episode, I'm going to go ahead and add Jesus and I's conversation about the new Chappelle special. Uh, so that's coming up in just a bit. Um, we were thinking, like, what should we should we post it in it separately? It's not that fucking amazing in conversation. It's like 15 minutes. We're debating whether we're too woke for it or whether we're too problematic. Um, what the fuck happened to Chappelle? 
um is he still fucking fire or is he whack who the fuck knows all right so um we're actually gonna post we recorded a video of ourselves talking about it we're gonna post it later on it doesn't really fucking matter uh here it is the new Chappelle show special you're problematic if you liked it um did you like the Chappelle, the new Chappelle? yes or no was it problematic are you um a gen xer that thought it was hilarious you love making fun of gays, trans people, SMH, SMH, hashtag, hashtag, YOLO, YOLO, swag, swag. Are you trying to cancel 420. me? Yes. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to cancel anybody who actually liked this shit. It's fucking disgusting. It's deplorable. <laughs> I cannot believe he would do something just well, so. Well, dis- well, I thought what was funny was the day that it came out, like within like hours or something, I saw Vice posted uh, an article and it basically said, skip it. This is a problematic, yeah. tr- uh, homophobic, yeah. um, racially insensitive Dave Chappelle past his prime, whatever. Yeah. Which basically is going to make people want to watch it more. Exactly. They're probably in on it. They probably have yeah. some cut. That was like a paid, they have, that was a yeah. sponsored post, yeah. actually. Because they're Vice and they're, yeah. yeah. So I saw that too. That was pretty funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, going back to your question, did I like it? Honestly, I kind of did. Uh, but I'm <laughs> canceled. I think, hashtag yeah. cancel. I'm, I'm like cancel. I'm on the, Get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Oh uh, shit. No, I'm I'm like on the border of that Gen X. I'm the X annual, yes. right? They call it the X annual, whatever. Yeah. I actually liked it, but then there were definitely points where I was just like, ah, you kind of disappointed. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely found myself cracking up at a lot of. The trans, jokes, Definitely <laughs> the trans jokes. Definitely the trans jokes. But, I mean, oh, overall, shit. like, I actually thought, like, okay, number one, for him to come out and, like, attack or to kind of make fun of the audience, like, you know, a lot of people won't do that. I actually thought that was kind of dope. Like, yeah. he basically called out people and was, like, <coughs> you know, saying that the audience is a bunch of bitches because all they do is, like, they want to do, like, cancel people, like, for anything. Yeah, right? yeah. <coughs> oh, my God. Um... And he used some examples, which I thought were, eh, I don't know. He brought up the Kevin Hart thing and how he was, like, you know, going to host the Oscars. And then Kevin Hart got into a car crash a few days later. Fuck, I think it's karma. Coincidence? Jesus Christ looking over us and uh, delivering How's karma doing, right away. By the way? I don't know. I don't. I guess I don't really give a fuck that much. But um, Rest in peace, Paul Walker, by the way. <laughs> um, Ryan Dunn, Paul Walker. Ooh. Yeah, um, bad. Yeah. But, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, ultimately... Um, I felt. Like, that, did you like it? I mean, did you actually like laugh, or were you just sitting there kind of cringing? Or I was just on Twitter, like fucking on fire. I, with, with with my fellow millennials, just fucking shitting on it. I couldn't believe that he would go to such lengths. Wait, did no, did, did millennials actually like hate it? Uh, I think so, for the most part. Really? I mean, that Vice thing, I think, is a pretty good. Um, do you know? Pretty, have you talked to friends of yours, fellow millennials, who yeah. were not happy about it? I think, as far as my friends go, I think that we were just kind of like, eh, whatever. Like we're not necessarily like, <laughs> like offended, but um, it we just felt I felt that it wasn't like his best work by any means. Um, I definitely I thought like a lot of the things were lazy. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. kind of lazy comedy. And, yeah, like, yeah. Like, he, when he brought up the thing he's, about why trans people were fun to make fun of, he's like, "Cause it's a weird situation. Imagine yeah. if you were like a Chinese that was weak. in yeah. a black body." Yeah. And then he did like this whole like ching chong ching chong like shit, and it's just like, "Oh man, come on, that's stick too easy." Yeah, that's like it's not fucking nineteen like eighty to be doing some like weird. 
yeah like, on, on the nose like asian right impressions i also kind of felt like and god i feel like such a millennial for <laughs> explaining this but i was just like he it sounds like he doesn't even understand like what it means to be like a trans person yeah like, for <laughs> real yeah and i was yeah, just yeah. like wait like it's not like a decision it's yeah, not yeah, like yeah. it just is like eh. like exactly doesn't he, doesn't he like like this is like it's not, I, yeah. I don't know. In my opinion, I think he was just on, like, like on troll mode, and he does not yeah. give a fuck. Yeah. And he's purpose, like, that's the name of the, the fucking special, right? It's just... Sticks and stones. It's trying to get a rise out of people. Yeah. Which I understand, but um, I think it's basically, he's like, what, the Dark Knight, you know what I'm saying? Like, you, what? E- you either die a hero or live long enough to become the villain. You know what I'm oh. saying? And that's oh, what happened shit. to Dave Chappelle. I think oh. he's just like he's becoming the villain. Yeah, he's becoming the villain, and he—I mean, he's—he's he's aware you of were it. Just I, saying, he was dark. <laughs> I was like, damn, canceled <laughs> once again. Cancel this uh, this little uh, this little video here. Um, but yeah, no, I think that's a good way of putting it. That was it's just kind of lazy. Like he, like yeah. he knows like the status that he's at. He doesn't give a fuck. He's getting paid. However, the f- like I don't—I didn't look it up, but I'm sure like he million, had to get at least fifteen million. Fifteen million dollars for that shit. He goes up there, gets his fifteen million, and that's it. And yeah, I didn't really feel like it was like pushing this. I mean, I think some of it. Okay, trying to trying to shit on cancel culture, I think, is like a dope thing as a comedian. And if you do yeah. if you do it right, it'd be really cool to see. I don't think that was it. What we, I don't think Dave Chappelle's thing was really. Yeah, it wasn't that. creative in the way he went about like attacking yeah. cancel culture. Yeah, I think yeah. somebody needs to do that, and uh-huh. I think it's worth. That's us right now. Listening to <laughs> and just doing this over and over. <laughs> cancel. <laughs> You do that, I'll do this. Um, but <laughs> yeah, I thought that was lazy. But I actually thought there were parts that were insightful and that were funny. I liked when he talked about um, Anthony Bourdain and how some people commit suicide despite having these like seemingly like pretty not bad lives, you know? Yeah. And he talked about his friend who got into like Harvard or something, mm-hmm. and then like now sells like shoes at Foot Locker. Yeah. And he's like, that guy never thought about killing himself, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so they, there were some funny moments. So he also talked about, um, you know, he compared the opioid ep- epidemic to uh, the crack. Uh, yeah i feel yeah i mean i like those parts too but i think they still were a bit like not necessarily lazy but they just felt like almost like a little predictable like whenever Mm. whenever we would start talking about it yeah you kind of knew where he was going with it if that makes sense okay now that makes sense. you know what i'm saying like i feel like the the heroin shit and yeah um, i think i don't know what my favorite part was probably like the uc smollier part yeah. Uh, that part was pretty funny. Yeah, they were like, he said uh, that, that black people, because Juicy Smollett came out and said that, you know, he got attacked by Nigerian dudes. Yeah. By, oh, yeah, no, yeah. He said he got attacked by yeah, some right, right, racist right. white guys, some MAGA <laughs> guys. And he's like, and then black people started getting criticized because they didn't come out as in his defense. Right. But he said, actually, we were. That was a, that actually, yeah, yeah. That was a good little kind of twist. For sure. Said, we, yeah. You know, we were supporting him by not saying anything because <laughs> that motherfucker was lying and we knew it. So that was pretty funny. And I, and I kept, I actually really, I just, I kept laughing. I don't know why when he kept referring to him as that French actor. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was actually hilarious. I, I don't think that was uh, the case for all the bits i felt like i said i feel like it felt a little predictable on pretty much every point that he kind of brought up yeah um the, I, do the you one, think yeah go ahead, go ahead. Yeah. i was i was gonna say like do you think that once you have like that kind of money and that sort of lifestyle it's just hard to like be raw or be like 
connected yeah. kind of in a real organic way I to think reality. So. I think so. Yeah. Because he, he's basically talking about like Kevin Hart. He's talking about Louis C.K. He's talking yeah. about, oh, These celebrities are, are under attack. It's like, yeah. well, not everybody's a fucking celebrity, dude. So yeah. like, yeah. how can you... Um, why would uh, we care? Yeah, why the fuck? Yeah. Yeah, why would we care? And on that note, as far as like the Louis C.K. shit... Um, I thought it was funny, like, the, the, it, I felt it was very typical Chappelle to make, like, that sort of masturbation joke, you know, it's like, oh, he, like, fucking nutted on himself, and that's depressing, like, ha, ha, ha. And he was like, that's the most vulnerable you'll ever see a man, so how threatening could he have been? Again, yeah. I thought that was lazy, too. Yeah, yeah. It was just kind of like... And I know this is not the point, and I, and again, like we're saying, like, he's just trying to troll people, but um, it doesn't really, like, in my opinion, the Louis C.K. shit is, like... Obviously, what he says is kind of true about like about it kind of being pathetic and some dude jerking off on himself in in his room is like kind of hilarious and whack. But I, the the problem with that shit, I, I feel like you know, as people have said before, is like that Louis C.K. was I think kind of abusing his position of power, of like putting people, women that were under like that were not. You're in, so sensitive. No, but seriously, like they, like. <laughs> he's putting them in the position of being like oh like well i have to stay or do i leave he's in a position that if i tell on him or make fun of him i could potentially fuck up my career yeah and that's what's fucked up about it like i i just like he should be clowning louis ck and it, it he did but it was almost like in his defense and i i understand oh he was definitely defending him yeah right he was like, definitely defending him there's no doubt he was defending louis ck yeah as well as Michael Jackson, <laughs> which was like, okay, yeah. I mean, but I think he's, but, he's pushing the butt. He's trying to like yeah. provoke. You know, everything was designed to provoke in some way. Uh, yeah. But I, but his the the people he's choosing to defend are really interesting. The mm-hmm. topics he's choosing to defend against, like he was basically trying to defend his transphobia or whatever the fuck you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, uh, like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that that whole bit about, um, about like the alphabet people, which yeah. that part's hilarious. That little uh, moniker there is kind of funny, but them getting into the car and the L's and the G's and the, it's like it drug on for too long. I yeah. just was like, I get it. It's, and then I, I don't even know what the fuck the, the punchline was at the end. Was uh, that is that where it ended? Like with the Chinese shit where he yeah, did like that. Yeah, yeah. And again, yeah, like that was not super. Um, it just wasn't creative. Yeah. I yeah. think the final thing I'll say that I don't understand about any of his recent comedy specials, and especially this one, is his fucking outfits. Yeah. What the fuck is this He's guy wearing? Like he was dressed like a plumber. <laughs> he was dressed like he was wearing green plumber's overalls with his name on it. And then like a logo, like a Chappelle logo. We're like, what the and then at some point in the story in the in the show he talked about how he was wearing a twelve thousand dollar suit. Yeah. I'm like motherfucker, you should have worn that today. <laughs> not home when your kid was talking about fried chicken or some shit. Yeah. And he yeah, talked yeah. about like they the were eating fried right, duck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, even that joke, yeah, it was like, oh, okay. It shows yeah. the disconnect. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, whatever. Exactly. But what the, and then on some of the other specials, he's wearing like these military jackets that have his name on them and like this little star. And you're like, <laughs> what the fuck is he wearing? Why does he put his name on his clothes? Is he like worried he's going to forget? Like, who the fuck is okaying this shit? Like, yeah, that's cool, Dave. Wear that. Like, he looked like he hit the Army Navy store. Yeah, he's. He's another person that just has, like, yes men around him. 
And they're not gonna be like, hey, that shit looks kind of whack, or what the, f- what is the? Because it's not this? even like a creative outfit. Like yeah. you know, like Eddie I Murphy it, yeah. wore like the red leather. That's you're like obnoxious, but hilarious. As it's fuck. obnoxious, <laughs> but it's like next level. Like, uh, what's the word? It's uh, it's avant garde like, almost. Yeah, like, it's kind of like yeah, it's yeah, it's, it's cool the, in some way. But this guy straight up came out like a he was dressed like a school custodian. That's funny. That's what that motherfucker looked like. That's funny that you say a uh, plumber custodian. I thought it was I thought it was like a fucking like a like a pilot outfit or something. No, like, this fool looked like a custodian. He did not look like a pilot. Maybe at that all. was that was a artistic decision. Was like I'm cleaning all this shit up. I'm a custodian. Ah, nah, that was. He, he should have come out with the fucking push broom yeah. or like a fucking dust mop or, or like something. A, he should have done the whole thing in a Mexican accent or like a fucking like. I don't know, man. Shit. I don't know, um, but yeah, that's my final. I was like, what the fuck yeah. is he wearing? Yeah, I mean, I mean. It's not um um the fr- this the first two I think the first two that got that are really famous the uh, live at the Fillmore and uh, mm. Killing Them Softly were so, I remember watching those when they came out and just being like holy shit this is yeah. hilarious this is a new voice like a yeah. new younger voice and now it just seems like he's kind of got like like a different kind of agenda and he's just trying to piss people off which is which is cool I guess but uh, I don't. I don't know, like, if you look at some comedians who were, like, you know, his age and still doing dope stuff, Richard Pryor was still old, mm-hmm. was old, I think, when he was still doing some crazy comedy, you know, yeah. and, like, some real pointed stuff about race and politics and whatnot. I think that, you know, I don't know, like, George Carlin or somebody who actually is, doing, is do, doing, like, observational humor about life. And yeah, like, yeah. You see, like, they're kind of... I don't know. They're still connected to humanity in some way, and I feel like Chappelle's kind of gotten away from that. It's very weird. I don't, yeah. I don't know how to explain that, it. That's, that. a, that's a, I think, a good way to, to yeah. sum it up a little, because, yeah, he's definitely, I feel like, just specifically trolling people and doesn't really give a fuck what the people, like the, the vice writers are going to say, or like the, the, the us millennials, us woke millennials who were super, super offended and hashtag canceled him. <laughs> but uh, the real question is, are you going to watch the next one? Uh, yeah, I probably will. I'm not going to lie. Me too. That's been this video. <laughs> <laughs> it's either that or, you know, if a season of Queer Eye is out, you yeah. know, you can watch If that. you haven't caught that, you already know. Uh, um, hit us yeah, up. put some comments. What did you guys think about it? Yeah, what did y'all think of the Chappelle thing? Was it um, hashtag canceled? Was it next level? Um, are we too sensitive? Are we too sensitive? Are we not sensitive enough? That that could be the case. The fact that we even watched it probably might piss some people off. Mm. Think about it like that. Mm. Uh, we want to hear your thoughts. Are there any other comedy specials that you would recommend that lately? Like any other comedians? I haven't watched anything lately yeah, that kind of caught my eye. But um, the Aziz thing, I thought was I thought that was corny. I, I uh, like the Chappelle thing over the Aziz yeah. thing for sure. I do. I do say. <laughs> I will say. I still like it when a Chappelle does that. Ah! Like his his laugh. Yeah. Like yeah. I don't know. If Actually, so- <laughs> that, that's hilarious. And you, you brought this. Uh, you text me. I think the best, the funniest part of the Chappelle thing was uh, was a uh, improvisation thing. Yeah, yeah. The phone goes off in yeah. the audience, and yeah. he says, "Oh, pick it up, pick it up." And then, if, then yeah, the, the, the instead of getting angry about it, he's like, "This motherfucker's odd. You know this." This guy's phone is ringing. He's like, "Pick it up, man!" And he, like gives the guy a minute, and he's like, "What if this guy 
picked up the phone and they were like, Mama's dead! He's <laughs> like, like, this fool just found out his mother died at my show. Yeah. And I'm over here clowning him or something. Like, I, it was funny the way he did it. Yeah, obviously. and then the little punchline, he's like, they must be gay or something. And that, what? remember, he's like, the person calling must be gay. Because it was after the oh. his, his whole gay bit. Yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. Or it's in the middle of it. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, call Mama's dead. Maybe it's a gay person. That was literally the funniest part. And I think that just shows that Dave Chappelle is naturally a really funny ass dude that um on when he's improvising he's really funny and i felt almost like he was just trying too hard to piss people off yeah and it, and it wasn't as creative or funny as it could have been uh but who the fuck are we we're not professional comedians we're barely amateur comedians so <laughs> all right leave your comments did you fucking watch it what did you think about it are we bitches are we are we did we just score some woke points here? <laughs> What's going on? What is our woke meter? Are we allowed to video? go on Latino USA after this? <laughs> <laughs> Mariana Hosa, shout out.